Welcome to Base Camp. If you're new, we started a series a couple weeks ago called uh, Base Camp. And basically what we're looking at is we are going on an adventure with God, that God really invites us into an amazing experience with Him. And, uh, but a base camp is where you start. It's where you get equipped. It's where you assemble the team. It's where you learn the terrain so that you can actually go on the adventure and be successful at that. And so uh, two weeks ago, we started off just by defining what the adventure is. And the adventure of life is that it's really God. <laughs> it's actually Him and the fact that He wants us to be in a personal relationship with Him, that you can actually know Him deeply and intimately. That's the adventure. And then last week, we talked about, okay, if you're going to go on an adventure, eventually you've got to take the first step. And this first step we talked about last week is we looked at the sign right over here, and we talked about how all of us, every human being, we just walk away from God. Because here's this amazing experience that he's offering us, and why don't we experience it more, more regularly? And it's because we have this thing inside of our hearts that walks away from God. But we learned the best news in all the world last week is that even though we walk away from him, he runs toward us. And then, when he runs towards us, all he says is the one thing we have to do, the first step is actually a leap of faith. And he says, if you will just believe in my son Jesus and receive the work that he did and receive him into your life, you can become my kid, and you and I will be together like this from this day forward, and you will go on the adventure of your life. So, when I was singing about that leap of faith, how many of you guys have done a high ropes course? Anybody done one of those? Okay, you know, I, I'm telling, as I shared last week, I can't climb ladders, okay? So these things freak me out. But years ago, I took a bunch of kids on a, uh, when I was doing youth ministry back in Michigan, I took a group of kids on a week-long uh, backpacking trip in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. It was fantastic. And when it was all over, one of the things we did is we came together and we did a ropes course. And I remember sitting there going, okay, I can't lead these kids and not actually do the ropes course. And it was crazy, right? So they harness you in, you climb up this deal, and you get on these ropes. And the whole time, man, I'm just like shaking, and I'm holding on for dear life, and I'm walking. And, and I'm also thinking, if my dad could see me now, you know, because my family would have freaked to think that I would even go up into these trees and be walking on these ropes. But what was crazy is the whole time I was hanging onto these ropes and walking on, I was stressed out, I was freaking out, I was holding on for dear life, doing everything that I could to make it. And I feel like some of us live our lives like that. A lot of you Christians live your life with God like that. <laughs> Trying to make it, hold on, really good. When I got done, somebody gave me the best advice. I wish they would have given it to me before. They said, when you got up there, Nelson, what you should have done is just let go of the rope. And you would have fallen, but you wouldn't have fallen. And then you would have known you were totally, absolutely secure in that harness. And once you knew that, you could have actually enjoyed it. You guys, how many of you, if you guys understand that? How many of you did that? Anybody actually just let go so you could feel that and just hang there in the air? See, I didn't do that, and so it freaked me out. I had no confidence, and I went through the whole experience white-knuckled. So today, what we're going to talk about is how do you find the confidence to actually go on this adventure with God in a way that brings joy, that brings peace. And I'm going to tell you, man, I can't wait to give this message to you today. Because I've been, I have, I've been on this spiritual journey and walking in a relationship with Christ now for 36 years. 36 years. And 
the stuff I'm going to share with you is still the major fight that I have. And because and, here's the reality, you guys. Your confidence as a human being with God is constantly going to be shaken. It just is. It's tough to actually walk with God as a human being. So we're going to talk about that. And what's crazy is this battle actually happens just inside your own heart. That's where the struggle is. The struggle is inside of you and some other areas that we're going to talk about. But let me, I read a similar verse last week. Let me read it for you in Romans chapter 7. Paul says this, I have discovered this principle of life, that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. Anybody want to? Anybody? All right? That's why I love the Bible. He goes, I love God's law with all my heart, but there, listen to this, there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. And this power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. We've got a couple of really cool elements I want you to sit with, but I wanted to share this with you before. I, we, we did these because, as you're going to hear in a, hear in a second, there is a mutiny in our soul. You guys know what a mutiny is? It's a rebellion against the right authority. And there's a mutiny going on inside of our soul all the time. And the reality is every one of us in this room has a dark side. All of us have stuff right now that is true about us that we're trying to keep from everybody else because we feel like if anybody found out what I'm really like, I would totally lose my life. I'd lose my relationships. And so it's that internal struggle inside of us that can totally rob us of the confidence of enjoying a relationship with God, all right? So let's jump in today and let's prepare our hearts to get ready to learn how you can be confident in your walk with God. Well, God, I know that there's not a soul in this room who doesn't have a mutiny in their soul. And I'm grateful this morning that you know what each one of ours is. You know the battle that rages inside each one of us. Of all these things that we desire, things that we even long to be, and yet we'll totally choose to do the opposite thing. God, things that we don't want to do, we do. Thank you so much for your word to us. Which, because you wanted to address this. You wanted to let us know. <laughs> this is why this goes on inside of you. And I just pray now. Lord, would you just come and um, I really believe that today you want to give hope. And I believe that you want to bring some freedom. And I believe that you want to bring some victory over the battle that rages inside of us. And so I, I just ask now that your Holy Spirit would come into this room and that you would speak to every heart and every mind and that just your word would be powerful and true today. And we ask for it in Jesus' name. Amen. So you guys, this adventure um, that God invites you to live on with him. It is like crazy powerful. It is unbelievably glorious. It is life altering. If you decide 
to go on an adventure with a living God that we talked about a couple weeks ago, that God who's far beyond everything, it will literally change your life, but it also changes the world. I mean, this is huge stuff, this adventure with God. But the reality is, this adventure with God, you will not go on it without a fight. You will fight. And I just want to tell you, when we were putting together this base camp, this third week right here, there's something about this one. I can just even feel it in my heart right now. Like, I just, I can't wait to share this stuff with you today. Because there is no way, there's no way, 36 years later, that I could be anywhere in my relationship with God that I am if I hadn't hold, know these things, learn these things, hold on to these things, fight, I'm telling you, fight with tears and desperation through these things. But if you will, if you'll endure and if you'll persevere, then you can overcome these things. And it's, it's, so this is huge today, where we're going to go on, for you to have some confidence in your relationship with God. Let me just start off by giving you the three places where the battle comes from. <clears throat> Bible tell, tells us that this, in, this battle that goes on will come from three places. The first one is it just comes from within. Every single one of us just has this stuff inside. James 1, 14 and 15 says this. Each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. And then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. So last week, again, we talked about how all of us come up in life to this sign, and we have a choice all the time, and we can either choose God or we can choose everything else. And the Bible just tells us, you just need to know that inside of you, you are going to be tempted. You are going to be enticed. And I love this. You are going to be dragged away by, their, by your own evil desires. Isn't that crazy? See, and again, so in Romans 7, it's like, I want this. I want that. And yet, inside of all of us, we actually get dragged away and enticed by stuff over here. And the Bible just, it's very good to know. And it's in every single one of you. So the battle's inside. The second place the battle happens is in the world. 1 John 2, 16 and 17 says this, Everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, comes not from the Father, but from the world. And right before that, it says, so you guys, don't be friends with the world. And the same thing is here. That's why we put everything else up there. And we talked about this two weeks ago. Because I'm going to come up here and I'm going to have a choice for God. But everything else in this world lures us in. And again, when the Bible talks about the world, sometimes it's just talking about the creation. And there's nothing really wrong with that. But here, what it's talking about is the ways of the world. The lust of the flesh. The lust of the eyes and the pride of life. There's things that lure us, again, away to make us live for ourselves. And we get centered on things like that. And so, and is that not true? I mean, there's hardly anything that you wake up to today that's just in the world that's saying, hey, love God, <laughs> right? You guys didn't see any of those bullet, you know? I mean, that's just not what we see. Everything lures us to say, live for yourself, which is the opposite of what God wants us to do. So you got the inner battle, you got the worldly battle, and then the third one is there is a spiritual enemy. Now, I know when we talk about this, if you're new to Christianity or new to the Bible, this is the one where people go, you guys actually believe there's a devil? So here's the deal. If you're going to believe anything at all that the Bible talks about, Jesus talks about the fact 
that there is a spiritual enemy who's seeking to steal and kill and destroy. In fact, that's in John 10.10, he said that. Jesus said, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you could have life and life to the full. So there is, in the spiritual realm, there is an enemy, and he loves nothing more than to steal, kill, and destroy. And so I, I can tell you this, every time I see a marriage start to get on the rocks, I know that there's a spiritual battle going on. In fact, the Bible tells us there is stuff going on that you are getting lured into because he hates anything that lasts in relationship. He hates it. God loves it, right? God loves marriage to last. He loves two people to be in a covenant. And so, so the enemy comes in and he says he'll start lying and that's the next thing we find out about him. Jesus says this enemy, the devil, he was a murderer from the beginning not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of all lies. And so here's Jesus coming on the scene. He says, I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm going to reveal to you what life is all about. I'm going to tell you the truth about who God is. I'm going to tell you the truth about who you are. I'm going to tell you the truth about how relationships work. And the enemy, all he does over and over again is try to lie to us to get us to believe things that are not true. And I'm telling you, you guys know, man, thoughts, do you not have thoughts that come inside your head that are just crazy and they're ridiculous, but they feel so true? I, it, it just happens to me all the time because there's a mutiny in my soul. And it's my own flesh. It's the world around me, and I know there's a spiritual enemy who wants nothing more than to work to destroy my heart, my marriage, my friendships, every church, that's what he does. So that's where the battle rages. Now, I, what I'm going to share with you now, let me just give you five things. In fact, if you, this, would be a night, this would be a day, if you got the, uh, your program and you've got a pen, this would be a day to write some of this stuff down, okay? Write these verses down. You should know where the battle comes from. Uh, you should, and I'm going to share with you now five areas that I feel like really shake our confidence, okay? Just really quickly. Five areas where our confidence in God gets shaken, okay? So last week we talked about this, and, and it was so great. We celebrated the best news in all the world that even though I chose this, and I'm over here in the world, and I've completely walked away from God, and he's way over there, and he's too far away, and then we talked about, well, how do I get to God? And the answer is, you don't get to God. He actually runs to you, and then he simply says, now just believe in me and receive me. Take that leap of faith. And then he says, if you take that leap of faith, he goes, now you and I, you are forgiven and a relationship is here. You are mine. And yet, we can get shaken. Here's, here's where our confidence gets shaken. The first one is when you struggle with sin. When you struggle with sin, your confidence is going to be shaken. I know for me, when, uh, you know, because I do, man, I, I, I love and in that passage, it says, I love the law. But I'll just tell you, man, I do. I, just, I love God with all my life and with all my heart. And then it's really funky because then you become a pastor and it becomes your job. Can I just tell you, that really stinks. I'll just tell you, by the way, it's really weird. But the pressure is on. And man, when I have completely fallen into sin, I will hear all this condemnation towards me. Like, he could never forgive you for that. Do you guys have those? Do you have the sins that you do and you go, oh, I know, that's not that big of a deal and God forgives me. Oh, God, please forgive me for doing that. And then have you ever done a sin where you go, 
oh man, I don't know if he can forgive me for that. Anybody ever done one of those? You bunch of liars. <clears throat> you all have. And you've wondered and you've heard the voice saying, that one, no. That was one time too many. How about those? You got the ones where you, you do them and then you confess them, you receive his forgiveness and then you do it again and you confess and receive his forgiveness and you do it again and you do it again and you do it again and finally you hear the voice, you go, are you kidding me? How lame are you? I mean, seriously. And you think God is just going to keep forgiving you? You big loser? I mean, seriously. Get your act together. If you don't get your act together, you're, you're done. And then, I, I know for me, even just having the temptations. How many of you have temptations that rise up within your heart and in your soul and you find yourself longing for stuff that isn't of God? And the shame comes already, right? You didn't even do it. And yet you're already like just whipping yourself because you can't believe that you think these things or feel these things. See, I'm telling you, man, when those things come up, your confidence with God is going to be shaken. Here's a second area. It's when you, when you lack fruit. It's the lack of fruit. And in the Bible, the fruit is like love and joy and peace and patience and kindness. I almost call this one lack of growing. See, when you're, when you're a Christian for a long time like me or even for some of you, don't you feel like, man, I should be farther down the road than I am? Anybody feel that way? Oh my gosh, when I did my counseling last year, my sabbatical, that was my big thing to this guy. I'm like, this is it? 36 years and this is the best? I, am? I mean, this is ridiculous. I should be there. And see, when you start to feel like you should be better than you are or that you should be more mature than you are or you should have more fruit than you do, man, perfect time again. And the enemy just sneaks in. He says, yeah, you are, again, you're pitiful. This is it. There's no way that God could be pleased with you. And so that's the second one, lack of fruit. The third one is loss of feelings. Loss of feelings. When I first found Christ, uh, no, actually, was when I was 19 and I really gave my life to Jesus, I'll be honest with you. I was on a spiritual high for like a year and a half. I mean, seriously, it was a great buzz. Awesome. How many of you guys have had a spiritual high like that? Anybody had one of those? Okay. How many of you lost your spiritual high? Okay. Man, I see this all the time. People start to ask, where is it? Where did it go? I don't feel God anymore. And see, what's crazy, I, I remember... So I was 19 when I, when I made that decision, when I was 24, I think it was, 24, so five years later, I went up to help start this church in Detroit, and I'll never forget taking a walk one long night with God, and that was my prayer. I just said, God, could I just feel you again? I mean, I'm in ministry. I'm teaching, I'm leading people, trying to help people connect with God, and I can't feel him at all. I want to tell you, man, when your feelings go, your confidence will be shaken. It just will. And what's crazy is, you got to be careful on this because I'm not going to hit this one later. The crazy thing is about feelings, you guys, is what do you really worship? Do you worship feeling really good or do you worship God? Can we talk marriage just for a second? What do you want in your marriage? To feel really good or to love your spouse? See, that's why divorce happens sometimes is because, well, I just don't feel it anymore. Well, hello, I've never given a vow like that, ever. Right? You ever been to a wedding where the vow was, as long as I keep feeling for you? <laughs> You'll never hear that at a wedding. Right? It's because feelings come and they go. It's not what it's about. Lack of feelings. And the fourth one, the fourth way you lose uh, your confidence is when hard times come. 
when hard times come. Man, last summer I came back after my sabbatical and I talked with you guys about hot dog buns. And I talked to you about this whole idea that God was just telling me, Nelson, you just want to be happy. And you want to be happy more than you actually want me. And so when life doesn't go well, I started totally feeling like maybe I lost God's favor. So you guys got to be really careful on this one. Jesus made it very clear that in this world you will have trouble. Read the Bible and you will not find one person who goes on the adventure with God who then escapes all the suffering of the world. In fact, I know it's kind of weird, but sometimes you say yes to God and it gets more intense. I've had many people tell me that, holy smokes, I gave my life to Jesus, now it's like, what? It's harder, right? So I, I just want to tell you, when the hard times come, we think following God will mean all of a sudden my life will just be honky-dory. There's nothing in the scriptures that says that. What it does say in the scriptures is, take heart, I have overcome the world. You will have trouble, but I have overcome the world. I will walk through the valley of shadow of death with you, not around it, all right? So hard times. And then the last one is this. They'll shake your confidence or wrong, wrong views of God. Wrong views of God. I was going to put this one on this one. <clears throat> I think sometimes, you guys, the real issue is we put human traits on God. We put our dad and how he was with us on God. Or our mom or our spouse. We think God loves us like people love us. They think he acts like other people do. And I'm telling you, if you have that view of God, if you put your thoughts on God instead of letting the Bible tell you who he is, you are going to really struggle, okay? Because I'm telling you, there is not a human relationship that doesn't get shaken. I don't care how good your marriage is. There are times where it gets shaken because you know if you screw up too much, you could lose it, don't you? If you screw up too much, you could lose it. Not with God. All right, so there you go. How does it, how does it get shaken? Struggle with sin, lack of fruit, Loss of feelings, hard times, and then wrong views of God. All right. Now, if you guys have your base camp, if you're in a base camp group, if you're not in one, you could still get in one, you guys. It's never too late, okay? But I just want to tell you, in your base camp group this week, you are going to go over three awesome things. So I'm not going to go in depth with them this morning. I'm going to introduce them to you. And then in your groups this week, discuss these. Dialogue about them. Latch on to these truths. These are the things right here that have saved my life life. Okay? Here's the first one. What can we know? How can we have confidence? Here's the first one. You are confidently forgiven. You are confidently forgiven. Man, you guys, I, because I have to be, I don't know, because I have to be uh, proper, I guess, I don't know what the word is. I can't, I can't tell you. It wouldn't be appropriate for me to share with you the sin that's been in my life. But I'm telling you, as a follower of Jesus, there's been plenty. And I have really struggled, man. When I'm laying in the ditch because of my own decisions to believe that God will love me. So let me just read you great passages. You guys, write, write down this chapter. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, baby. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. I'm telling you, when I struggle... I have read Romans chapter 8. You guys get that? What chapter? Okay, Romans chapter 8. I have read this chapter over and over and over and over again in one sitting. It's that good. Listen to some of the stuff. 
there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. There is no condemnation. So you guys, we celebrated that last week. What's the greatest news is you came over here and you totally did all the stuff against God and the wages for your sin was death. And then Jesus comes along and says, hey, I will pay the price of your death so you don't have to pay that price. Is that not the best news in all the world? And because God already punished Jesus, he would be incredibly unjust to punish you. So when you receive Christ as your savior, you received the forgiveness of all of your sin. And what's crazy is there's way too many of you. There's just way too many. Because this is one I have finally, I can fight through this one. And I actually believe this. I believe I am absolutely forgiven. Absolutely. Even when I'm a total idiot. I know that I'm forgiven. And that is the best news in all the world. I am not going to allow Jesus Christ to go through what he did and then go, that wasn't enough. More for me, please. More for me. Thanks, Jesus, but that wasn't enough? No way, baby. It is finished, and there is no condemnation, man. You are free. So be confidently forgiven. Then go on to verse 31. It says, what should we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who could ever be against us? Anybody ever have people against you? Hello? <laughs> Anybody have accusers towards you? Anybody have people who are condemning you and telling you and won't forgive you? You have all that stuff? Listen to this. Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us? All you accusers, listen to this. Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one, for God himself has given us right standing with himself. Man, that's awesome. So the next time somebody is, is just reaming you and bringing you down, you can say, dude, I know. But God has made right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? Plenty of people. No, no one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us, and he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand pleading for us. Thank you, Jesus. You guys, the greatest news in the world is you're a screw-up, and you're totally forgiven. You mess up all the time, and that's why Jesus sent a Savior. He never asked you to clean yourself up. He said, let me come and take care of your problem. You are confidently forgiven. Oh, it's good. Here's the second one. You're confidently led. You're confidently led. We're going to talk way more about this next week and the week following, so I'm just going to touch on this one, but let me read a couple of verses for you. Romans 8, 4 and 14. He did, not, he did all of this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us. Who no, Listen to this. Who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead we follow the Spirit. Verse 14. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. You guys, when you go to your base camp group, you're going to read this great scripture where it tells you that Jesus is your shepherd. Now, I know, anybody ever been a shepherd or had sheep? No, I didn't think. We had a sheep who mowed our lawn for us, basically. But that was it. But I'm telling you, man, here is one of the greatest news in all the world. I'll never forget when I was 19 and I finally gave Jesus my life. One of the greatest reliefs for me was I don't have to figure this thing out anymore. Oh my gosh. Do you not freak out about your future? Do you not wonder if you're ever going to get married? Do you not wonder if you're going to have a job? Or if, I mean, there's so much fear and there's so much wonder about life and what you're supposed to do. And one of the greatest things, when you receive Christ, you are confidently led. Because if you are a child of God, you are led by the Spirit. 
You now have the Spirit of God who knows your future, who knows why you are here, leading your life. It's awesome. And that's why Jesus said, if you try to save your life, you're actually going to lose it. But if you lose it for me, you find it. Oh, he, this is just, the news just keeps coming. It's better and better and better. I just want you to find your life. And here's what's so cool about a shepherd. A shepherd leads his sheep, a shepherd protects his sheep, and a shepherd provides for his sheep. You are confidently led. We'll talk more about that in the next two weeks. Here's the last one. You are confidently loved. You are confidently loved. Last week, the word said to us, anyone who receives him and anyone who believes in his name becomes a child of God. Not born of human decision. Not born of human decision. Born of God. Did you guys know that your kid did not decide to be born? Did you all know that? You know, Mariah wasn't up there going, hey, I'd really like to exist. You know, that wasn't her choice. No, she was born by somebody else's decision. And what's so cool about that, you guys, is God says, when you receive me, you are born of me. And what I love is, and I tell you this all the time, my kids can drive me crazy. I always love them. And even if I would dare not love them, would they ever stop being my kids? They're my kids. When you receive Christ, you became a child of God, and that is never going to change. Is that not good news? Man, it's awesome. So listen to this. Can anything ever, this is verse 35. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean that he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? No. Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I, and I, oh, this is the one I read all the time when life is just kicking me down. And I am convinced, would that not be confident? I am convinced that nothing, nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, neither angels, nor demons, not even those guys. Neither our fears, which work really hard against me, for today, nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Holy smokes. And you know what we're doing? We're up on the rope. We're going through life going, I got to hold on, and I better make sure I have my quiet time, and I better make sure that I don't ever get angry at my kids. Oh my gosh, I'm not doing this, and I'm not doing that. And, And I think today God just wants to say, would you just stop it? Would you just let go? Really? Really? (laughs) Really? I, you, will not let me go? Really? Even though I keep sinning? Really? Even though I'm struggling? Really? Really? You put your faith in my son. You are my kid forever. And I just think he wants to tell you, enjoy. Now I tell you this, man. The other thing you got to believe is you are not supposed to continue in sin. In fact, 1 John says you just won't if you're his kid. If you're really his kid, he will always bring you back because there's this beautiful thing that you'll go through base camp again this week that you can confess your sins to God and he will always forgive you. Always forgive you. 
So don't, sit, don't go over here and live in this world that was totally destroying you. For some reason, we still like to come over here. The good news is even as a kid, if you're over here, you can run back over here at any time, and God will take you back at any time. This is the best news, you guys. Have confidence. It's not about your performance. It's about his promise. It's not about your behavior. It's, about what, it's not about what you do. It's about what Jesus did that totally secures you. You didn't save yourself. He saved you. I mean, when somebody's drowning, it's not like you don't stand there. Come on, baby. Just try a little bit harder. Paddle, come on. You can do it. No. A Savior jumps in because you're going down unless somebody else intervenes. Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. And if he saved you, you're saved. Yeah. Enjoy this, man. It's awesome. All right, band, come on up. So band's going to come up, you guys, and we're just going to give you a chance right now to just remember this first song, how great is your God? How great is your God? I mean, he's so unbelievably awesome. And yet his love and his holiness for you is crazy, crazy good. And so right now today, I, my prayer for you today is if you walked in here and you have been completely feeling a lack of confidence in relationship with God, in this worship time, meet him again. Remember him again. And rejoice. Confess your stuff to him right now while we're singing even. Get it out. And remember, Jesus died for that. There wasn't one sin that he wasn't, that you haven't committed that was in his body that's already been punished. Receive the forgiveness. Rejoice in this God who loves you. Believe what's true, you guys. It is a fight to believe. Everything inside of you and outside of you and your spiritual enemy is going to try to get you to stop believing it.